Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the No Pucks Given podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Porcelli, and I'm joined by my two very good friends, Nick Del Pret and Tom Zumana. How's it going, everybody? I'm doing pretty well. Um, not much from my end. How about you guys? I'm good. It's getting colder here, so I'm enjoying staying in, but that's all. Buddy, shinny season. Pond hockey cool. upon us. As we said, I'm pretty sure that's exactly how we began began last week's. I think pod. so. Ah, it's okay. Repetition. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, let's just jump right into it. Um, pretty uh, low key week in the NHL. Not uh, not too much going on in terms of news. But the Ottawa Senators have missed three games due to the COVID outbreak. Ten players and one coach in in protocol. Uh, I mean, pretty substantial. This kind of um. I'm not sure if you guys, you guys probably heard, but it's kind of sent like a ripple effect down to the fact that is, is the NHL actually going to participate in the Olympics? Because mm-hmm. if more outbreaks like this happen, they want to use that Olympic break to play like makeup games. Right. Yeah. Which is uh, for me, substantial because I'm, I'm looking forward to the Olympics, man. Like, uh, yeah. And I, I honestly, I don't even think that we've given the Olympics much of a talk here either on this pod. We haven't really, no, that'll that'll ramp up in January, I think. Fair enough. But anyways, I, I'm excited for the Olympics. So if, if if this COVID stuff is going to affect the NHL from going, um, I'm gonna be kind of upset. Um, I mean, I know sometimes it's out of the out of the players' control and stuff like that, even the league's control, but it'd be kind of shitty to see these NHLers not be able to go and play for their countries because man, that brand of hockey is just freaking elite. I love it. I'm 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 the same like page as you like I'm looking forward to it it's been way too long and I love Olympic hockey so I personally don't think it's gonna get overturned like I think they're gonna go there's no way they say yes and then don't go the players will literally lose their shit especially Ovechkin um (laughs) I, I don't know correct me if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure was it when was it where Ovi said he was going to go to the KHL for your discipline? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After after they missed the last Olympics, he said he goes, "If we're going to miss the next one, I'm going to retire, go to play in the KHL, just so I can play in the Olympics." Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it'll happen. If anything, they're going to have to push the playoffs back. Um, it's not the end of the world. I don't see many. I don't foresee many outbreaks like this happening. I personally think this will be the only one this year. Um, I think the league should have probably taken action on Ottawa sooner rather than when they did. Um, but it's fine. I mean, they seem to be okay. They're scheduled to play tomorrow. Um, no setbacks yeah. as of now. So, yeah, that's it for my end. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, moving on to Dion Phaneuf. He yeah, officially announced his retirement after 14 seasons. He did it with the Maple like he. Well, I guess he retired not as a Maple Leaf, but with the Maple Leaf media. And all that stuff. Um, he was the captain for a number of seasons. I don't remember how many because those are years I choose to forget. And, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, besides the last, I would say the last couple of seasons, that was it. Besides the last like two seasons, he was a leaf. I mean, I gotta give it give it to him. Like he was, he was a stellar defenseman. He did everything we needed of him. He was a good captain, good leader. Um, I really don't get why people made such a big deal about the salute thing. Um, it's very, very fucking pointless, honestly. So why he didn't wave his hand at you at the end of the game? Go home, like, you know what I mean. But, anyways, 
yeah, I mean, I think I honestly personally think that the Leafs are going to make up some sort of uh, position for him in the staff. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, vice president of players skate tying personnel or something like that. Just make up a position for him. You know what I mean? I, think I mean, he, the front office. he's already been he's already been shadowing Shanahan and stuff like that, too, for for if I'm not mistaken, a couple of times. So he might even be yeah. looking to eye like a, a general manager position or something like that for for a team. Obviously not the Leafs, because as of right now we have Dubis, but I mean, unless this season goes down the drain, but you we're not gonna talk about that. Why not? They're already talking about the Sedines and freaking in uh in Vancouver. Enough's gonna either join some kind of coaching staff or he's gonna like you said, he's gonna be some kind of like head office personnel with Shanahan. I think you jump in and be a GM. Why not? Bro, Lee fans were crying over Dubis becoming a GM who actually has experience as a GM. They're gonna they're gonna let Fanuf become the GM of the team. Of what the Leafs? That'll last a week. Of the Leafs? Yes. I'm not saying of the Leafs. Oh, okay. I was gonna say what the hell are you saying? No, I was saying he's eyeing a general manager position. I said not with the Leafs because we have Dubis. I said, well, unless the season goes bad. Yeah, but, but that, and then that's where I said he's not going to become the GM of the Leafs. Well, I was just more alluding to the fact that Dubis won't be the GM of the Leafs the season goes bad. Not that Fanuf will be. But anyways, that's nor here nor there. Poor Thomas already two minutes into the episode, he's got to fucking listen to us go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can give my perspective on Dion. Yeah, go for it. I know he was your favorite player. I love Dion Phaneuf when he was here. I went to his first game with the Maple Leafs where he got in a scrap. They won 3 nothing. Um he I didn't really follow him much in Calgary. I mean, I was pretty young, but I do re- like when I started following Phaneuf when he came to Toronto, I, st- I did see his stellar years in Calgary and then his world junior as well, double Dion. I remember the double Dion. Mm. Yeah, um, he played phenomenal in Calgary. I was looking at his stats. Um, his rookie season, he had forty nine points in eighty two games, fifty points in his second, sixty in his third, um, forty seven in his fourth, and then he came to Toronto and kind of fell off. And I'll tell you right <laughs> now. I'll tell you right now why it did. And the Leafs always do this with. They brought him in and. When did they give him captain? I think it was his second year. And they yeah. were top, top two defensemen minutes. They, they, they always bring people bring people in or bring people like Morgan Riley from the minors and give them way too much of a workload. Even Kadri, when he first came in, Tyler Bozak. They always bring in these guys and say, you know, go play um, as a top two defenseman, even though you're not yet a top two defenseman, especially as a defender. What was he, 23, 24 when he came to Toronto? Um, yeah, I didn't like what they did with him and, uh, his offense really started to take a hit, but I mean, when he came to Toronto, yeah, he's 23, 24, but I mean, if you look like nowadays, like there's defensemen that are younger than that playing top two. Yeah. But nowadays the league has changed drastically. Now it's the youth. It's all about the youth back then. It wasn't, um, back then it was 10 years ago. Yeah. That's a while ago, man. I wouldn't a while say ago, McDavid's on his sixth season, so it's not that long ago. The youth didn't take over the league until literally, yeah, Matthews, McDavid, and stuff started coming up. It's rare that you saw freaking half of the top 50 league in scoring be guys under the age of 23. Like, you don't see that. Now you do, but you never did. Anyways, that's not, that's not my point. The Leafs kind of fucked up. If Phaneuf if stayed in Calgary, he'd probably win multiple Norris's in his career. Um, Bold. <laughs> 
not bold at all but yeah um the Leafs fucked them up because this fan base takes people and rips them to shreds um he was put in a situation to fail and he started to fail anyways I think he played good as a Leaf he wasn't as good as people hoped because of how good he was in Calgary, but that wasn't going to happen with the way they treated him when he first came here and gave him all that responsibility that he didn't get in Calgary. Well, if you ask um, Brian Burke, it was the right decision to name him captain. That's fine. It's, it, that's also Brian Burke, who currently is working with the Pittsburgh Pregnants, and you don't hear anything about him, and he didn't have a job until now. So, um, yeah, I really like Dion Phaneuf. I always loved him. I always had to defend him. I mean, towards the end of his career, he did start playing really bad. Um, but the team was horrible, like last in the league. I'm looking at his stats right now, though. His career low in plus minus in Toronto is a minus 11. And considering he was playing like 25 minutes a night on the shittiest team in the league for two years, uh, two of those years, that's not even that bad. But, you know, we, we're in a fan base where, like I said, they pick their player and they stick to him. Because right when he left, it was Jake Gardner. Actually, it was kind of Jake Gardner at the same time. Um, so that's what Leaf fans do. And that's what I don't want them to do with Marner. Because Marner is incomparable to the rest of these guys. Um, anyways, that's just my beef with Leaf fans. And then they go bash him for that saluting thing when they threw jerseys on the ice the game before. I wouldn't salute them either. Um, yeah, so great career for Dion. Um, it's unfortunate he didn't win a cup, but he did win the World Junior Gold. And he he was saying in an interview that was a highlight of his career. Um, yeah, uh, he was my favorite leap. So I am a little biased. I met him a few times. He was a great guy. Have his jersey signed, but I'm just happy for the guy. And I do, I do hope he sticks around with Toronto. He had his little banner raised um, in the dressing room, uh, which was kind of neat. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Eric. I think they're going to make some kind of position. He's going to stick around with this team. Yeah, he is living in LA right now, so we'll see what happens. Uh, there. I gotta ask a question. I gotta ask a question. Hey, Thomas, you awake? I'm there. I was gonna ask <laughs> you or something. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, well, just one thing about Fenoff. I think Eric mentioned it earlier. He's one of the guys that just had like a big decline at towards the end of his career. Is right after um, they signed his contract. Yeah, which is which is sad to see uh, with any player. But uh, I was gonna ask, do you guys think he makes the Hall of Fame? No, not a chance. No. He has zero accolades to get him yeah, in there. He won't, he won't make the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't even think he gets – I don't even think his name gets brought up in talks. Yeah, no, I don't think he wins that. Yeah, no way. The, the, the problem with him is he, he never won anything worthy of a Hall of Fame bid. Like, it, I mean, he played for the Leafs in, like, some of the darkest times the franchise has ever seen. Yeah. So – you know what I mean? And I mean, he was with Ottawa on that on that uh, Eastern Conference Finals run, but they didn't really. If they, if maybe if they won the cup that year, and he played it, he was a big role on that team that year. Maybe the narrative changes, but based on what he's done, no, I don't think so. I really, yeah, I don't think he uh, he gets his nod. That, but anyways, on on, good to hear from Thomas. Strength some leaf talk. <laughs> I thought Nick was gonna go on forever there. <laughs> but um next up is uh leo komarov uncle leo leaves the nhl returns to go be closer to home to play with ska and khl i mean honestly i i forgot all about him i'll be honest like i i honestly didn't even know if he had a, like if he was playing with the islanders or not like i just didn't know he was still in the nhl so when this got announced i was kind of like 
oh, all right, <laughs> like, see, see you later. But uh, I mean, you know, he made the All Star team playing for the Leafs in the horror check years. That's also because we had no one good on our team. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he was a serviceable NHL forward, nice role player. I mean, I don't think the Islanders are going to miss him too much. But uh, I mean, hey, He's not an NHL player right now. No, not right now, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. And then the Leafs made a splash, eh? A big mm-hmm. splash in the uh, trade market this week. They got like, it was a blockbuster deal, honestly, if you ask me. Um, they acquired Kyle Clifford for future considerations. And why? I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> but all I know is that because he cleared waivers from St. Louis, um, he, he now can be brought up and down um, between the NHL and the AHL. So if you think about it, the Toronto Marlies right now have Curtis Gabriel, Kyle Clifford, Rich Clune, and I think there's one more. Curtis Douglas, baby. Curtis Six. Douglas that will absolutely murder you on ice. So safe to say that the Leafs prospects down there will not be getting touched. We'll say when Nick Robertson comes back, no one's touching him. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Because you'll literally but, get your face broken three times. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's a, he's a monster. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess kind of a mild deal. Nothing nothing really to, to look at too closely. I don't think Clifford makes the NHL team at all, besides maybe when the rosters expand in the playoffs. But other than that, yeah. Um, Staples Center. Its name got changed to crypto.com, and I know people absolutely lost their fucking minds <laughs> about that. I mean, like, it's a freaking arena name, guys. Like, I know I was a little butthurt when, like, the ACC changed to, like, uh, Scotiabank Arena, but, like, come on. People are saying, like, Kobe Bryant wouldn't want this to happen. Like, really? Like, what, what, what? Kobe Bryant wouldn't want the someone to be paying the franchises or the arena owners more to get their name on it. Like, what does it matter? Right. But anyways, I mean, who was it? Was it the Steve Dangle podcast that he was going off on a tangent about this? Um, where he was like, he's like, anybody who's upset about staple uh, not being named the Staples Center right now, he goes, I want you to go to Staples and buy 50 binders. Go to Staples and buy 50 binders right now because you're so irate about this happening. Oh, my God. The world we live in, Eric. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Anyways, yeah, so now it's the Crypto.com Arena Center. Well, do we know? Does it matter? No? Yeah, it, it just said Crypto.com, so. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Anyways, Cole Caulfield finally got uh, – recalled back to the Canadians. Um, I honestly, now you guys correct me if I'm wrong. With the way Montreal season has been going and is going, do you just let him rip apart the minors this season? He wasn't, though. That's the problem. I'm sure he would have caught up to speed. Like I'm sure he would have started to. He was only there for a few games. I just don't know if I expose our 
promising young talent like that to this train wreck of a season for the Montreal Canadiens. You know, like, it just doesn't make sense to me, really. It was like that one, was it, um, oh, can't remember now. Was it Marner where, like, he looked, his first training camp, he looked like he could play in the NHL, but the Leafs were, like, bad. Like, really, really bad, so they send him back to junior. I think, I think it's Marner back to junior, yeah. But he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't even start the, like, year. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, the Leafs... Yeah, but Marner, Marner could have... I know, I'm just saying, Marner could have made that horror check team that year. But they, you know, not to expose him to the stupidity of getting reamed every year, every, after every night. Send him to junior, let him rip it up, and then we'll figure that one out after. Like, I feel yeah. like the same kind of caution should be taken with Cole Caulfield, no? I mean, I just don't think Montreal is as bad as the Leafs were at that time. I know um, they're not as bad as the Leafs were, but I don't feel like Cole Caulfield's going to come up and and all of a sudden this team is uh, – Well, look at him in the playoffs. Yeah, okay, well, look at him in the last uh, – Yeah, but Montreal, Montreal as a whole had a whole start, slow start to the year. So they're probably figuring now that Montreal is scoring again. They might not be winning, but they're scoring. Bring him up and see what he can do. I mean, he's playing with guys like Suzuki and and Toffman. And, like, it's – he's playing with decent players, and they're going to be getting priced back probably sometime, you know, in December. I don't um, think so. I think they will. Um and you know, if ten games go by, another ten games go by, eight games go by, and he's still struggling and he's not getting much ice time, then there's no point of having him up. But you've already burnt a year off his DLC anyways, so what's the difference? Might as well try. And I guess uh, that's true. And it's they're flexible in that sense where you can send them up and down as you please. But I agree, if they go on a shit losing streak again and he's struggling, send him down. There's no point of him playing up here. Let him go get some confidence down in the A, keep him down there for the rest of the year, and then next year is a new season. You're probably going to acquire – if Montreal's smart, they'll probably start their – they can realistically do a fast rebuild if they wanted to. Um, yeah, they're young enough for it. Yeah, like kind of what the Rangers did um, a few years ago. And, you know, Caulfield be right in his prime when that's done. So I agree with you in a sense, but – I don't. I see why they're trying them out again because they are scoring now and they're playing decent hockey. Um, to see what he can do with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yippies. Thomas, you got anything to add to that? I I, I feel bad. You're like being quiet today. No, I'm okay. Um, I was just gonna say, I think either you bring him up and keep him, or you just send him down and keep him down. I think it's bad for a player's development to be like flipping back and forth. Yeah, because it's kind of like. You feel good enough, and then you get sent back down to like all. Oh, yeah, I'm not good enough. Like, yeah, that's why especially whatever the they first time. Yeah, yeah, the first time he went down, he like removed every Montreal thing on his Instagram, and you can tell he, he you know he does he takes it to heart. So if you yeah. keep doing that to the kid, they're just, you're gonna shoot his confidence down. And I think either just keep him up, let him play with the team. Yeah. Uh, perhaps eventually they'll pick it up. I don't think they'll be this bad as they were at the beginning of the season for the whole season. So I think yeah. just keep him up and let him play. Honestly, man, the Laval Rocket games are almost more better than the, the games at the Bell Center. I see videos, man. It's always sold out and it's jam-packed and fans are actually going nuts. So it's not even like going down is a bad thing because there's still an atmosphere, especially when he's playing at home. And the AHL is a tough league. I mean, 
There's a lot of, as you can see from the Marley's roster, there's a lot of fucking guys who will break your face still. Um, and there's a lot of young guys who are, you know, we're working their asses off trying to get, be the next man up. So it's a competitive league. I think always I, I, I advocate for players playing in the HL over junior when they're eligible because it's a competitive league. So, I mean, I agree with you guys though. If he's going to stay up, keep, I mean, if he's going to come up, keep him up. If he's yeah. gonna go down, keep him down. Don't keep this flip-flopping. He's yeah. on Martin Marinson. <laughs> <laughs> no one will ever be that guy. Uh, anyways, moving on. Um, the Fenway Sports Group is looking to purchase the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes. I mean, Pittsburgh's sale has like been imminent for years now. You know, yeah, it's nothing new for that franchise. I just feel like now maybe we've actually taken a a jump, a bigger jump into actually having that sale happen. Um, I mean, but you know, hats off to uh, Mario Lemieux for and and his. I guess staff for um, building that franchise up, modded like money wise and stuff like that when they were at their lowest. Um, because now I'm pretty sure they're probably valued a lot higher than they were back in 04 when they were close to going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's kind of minor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colorado's coach Bednar, Jared Bednar, signed his extension. I'm not surprised by that. I don't think anybody else is. Nope. Um, yeah, kind of expected from that one. And the Utica Comets are start the start off the season with 12 straight wins. They're in the AHL, obviously. Um, that's the Vancouver affiliate. Yes. Wow. Yep. Well, at least something's going right for Vancouver. <laughs> they have a pretty like decent roster. I was looking at it right now. Um, they have Chase DeLeo, who was with the Jets, and they have Nolan Foot Foodie. Yeah. Um, Studnik is pretty good. They have Studnika? No, Studnik, not Studnik. Oh. Uh, in defense, they have Kevin Ball, uh, and their goalie is Nico Dawes. So they have a pretty yeah. decent lineup, and they also have uh, Freddie the Goat, Goat <laughs> He's yes, on that sir. team. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways. Uh, moving on, I guess there was a couple injuries, some some substantial ones actually this week. Um, Sammy Blaze out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. That's rough for uh, I hate season ending injuries, man. Yeah, I know it's it's rough for New York, um, to lose him. Um, pretty hardworking player, but uh, yeah, and Darnell Nurse uh broke his toe, so he's week to week on that one. That one hurts a lot of fantasy team owners. Yeah, not that much. Yeah, uh, Pulak, Nick, this one hurts you. Yep, I have him in two pools. Four to six weeks, he's out. What did he do? Um, lower body injury. They said lower body injury. Yeah. Um, and more injuries for the Islanders. Uh, Anders Lee. There's more to that. Not injury, but what? There's more players to that. I'll I'll get you the names in a second, but keep going. Yeah, Anders Lee's in COVID protocol. Comtois on Anaheim, which is having an abysmal season. So maybe this six-week hiatus for his injury will help him out, but he's out for six weeks. Barkov is out for three to four weeks. Um, Dimitri Askin uh, is missing the rest of the season. He was on Arizona, correct? No? 
Who? Dimitri Yaskin. Yeah. And Mike Smith, which hurts me because I drafted him pretty high this year. He had a setback in his injury, and there's no timetable for his return. And he is pretty much week to week at best. So that's yeah, pretty much Costin the injury playing, list. Costin is playing pretty crap right now, but Stuart Skinner has been this last two games, he's been phenomenal. So at least they have something going right for them. Yeah. Um, I just want to add to the Anders Lee and COVID protocol. Yesterday uh, afternoon before their game against Calgary, Beauvillier, Adam Pellick, and Andy Green also were placed in protocol. Oh, boy. So so you're telling me that the Leafs are playing a diminished Islanders team? Well, what I want to say on top of that is hopefully, you know, the game A doesn't get cancelled, but I mean, I'd rather it get cancelled if there's more positive cases or... You know, I don't want anything spreading to the Leafs. So, I mean, they're vaccinated, so I'm not worried. But hopefully. I mean, if that game goes on, I'm smashing the over on the Islanders. Hopefully, everything's okay. Then. Well, with Wool in that, yeah, it's going to smashing gonna be... that over. I think the Leafs win, honestly. I, I see Tavares having a big game tonight. If I learned anything about that Pittsburgh Penguins game, not last night's, the 7 1 1. I'm smashing the over on the Islanders. Yeah, I, I am scared because Wolves in net and we're in the Islanders barn. Who they're pumped up because you know. I'm not scared about Wolves being net because I'm actually confident that he will hold his own. I'm more worried about the team playing in front of him because for some reason, when they play an injured or diminished team, they yeah, but I don't think off. the Islanders like that because the Islanders have great depth, and they're not missing big name guys like really it's Anders Lee. So. Uh... That's and Pelic. Pelic's a big guy on defense. Pew locks out too. They're missing like they're on the top two. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, they're still a good hockey team, no matter what. They're missing their captain and their two top two, their two top defensemen. I mean, I think that's pretty substantial on the second half of a back to back. Well, at least on the second half of back to back. Yeah, I know, but I, they're not, but they're not missing anybody. Okay. Let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> 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 you heard my uh, head time. just move on how is it okay whatever um <laughs> moving on to the segment where we let thomas finally speak i guess <laughs> speak about the jets and how they did this week thomas um so yeah it was a pretty ugly week i guess we played pretty much most of the off nights uh, the first game was a 5-2 win against Edmonton. That was a really good game. I think the scoring was like up and down the line, so that's always good to see. Um, it just sucks versing Dryside on McDavid. Like it's it's so scary seeing them on the ice because you just always think, okay, like there goes a goal, and then McDavid had that insane goal against us, which I mean, there's another highlight reel for him. Uh, and then. Yeah, the Thursday-Friday game, the back-to-back, I would have hoped, like, I would have liked to win one, especially the second one against Vancouver. But uh, we pulled up a point in the shootout loss on Thursday to Edmonton, which is fine. Stuart Skinner looked really good that game. I think he had 46 saves. Uh, so that was that was a big surprise. And then the Vancouver game, I mean, the first period and half of the second one, we did look like we were on the back-to-back and we did look sluggish. And then since uh, then either scored that beautiful like spinorama to the wrist shot, which was really nice. Uh, but then we ended up losing that game 3-2. 
So we're still in third in the division, so it's good to see that. Uh, Jets are still playing well. Hellebuck's looking like, you know, the goalie he is. And then just another shout-out to Dubois, who's continuing to put up points, That's especially cool. now we have Statsnys, who's injured. Uh, yeah. I think he's up for a couple weeks. It's just, again, depth scoring is nice to see, and especially Dubois. I know last year we got ridiculed for the trade with Line A. So now that Dubois is putting the points and he's scoring at an insane pace, it's just it's just good to see that kind of kind of thing happen. And hopefully it just carries throughout the year and into the playoffs. Uh, but that's all for me. Love some money you go first. Jets talk. What? You can go first. I can go first about the Jets or about the Leafs. Well, whatever you want. I just like I like the Jets doing well so far. Um, Shifley finally, you know, kind of coming back to uh, himself, which is good for my fantasy team. So good on the Jets. Um, I mean, guess for the Leafs this week. I honestly, uh, I had a very busy week, so I didn't get a chance to sit down and uh, and really watch much of the games, to be honest with you. But um, I do know that Morgan Riley had a really good week. Um, which That's is okay. which is I nice to do. see because we just signed him to a ridiculous contract. So mm. nice to see him performing. Ridiculous, um, eh? It's, three goals in three games. It is ridiculous, Nick. And he's like, he still hasn't started that contract yet, so he's got some time to decline. Mm. Which is typically what Leafs defensemen do anyways after big deals. Dion Panopo just alluded to before. Um anyways, they had a good week. Um what was their what was their record this week, Nick? I like I said, I had a, such a busy one. week, I didn't get a chance. What? Two and one. Two and one? Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Um, they played the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday in a very uneventful all game, game for them. Honestly, all the games this week were uneventful. Yeah. I, can... I think I think honestly that could be because we're just like like regular season doesn't mean anything anymore. No, well, I mean, I'll let you finish, then I'll get to where I I'm gonna take a little longer on the Leafs, so I'll, I'll take like I'll take like five minutes on the Leafs. But you can go first. I just finish that's, that. That's pretty much all I really got. Like I mean, nothing really happened that was noteworthy or anything. Like yeah, okay, they they shut out the Predators three nothing, and they beat the Ra- the Rangers game. Actually, was alright. Yeah. Um, but uh, I remember when I turned on that Rangers game, I I watched the last like two minutes because I got home from hockey myself, and as soon as I turned it on, it was like all hell broke loose. The Leafs couldn't get out of their own end. It was just a, a freaking barrage of shots from uh, from New York, and I was like, yeah, maybe it's me. Maybe I should just stop watching. <laughs> I mean, but, you turn it on at the end of the game when they're up when they're up by one. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So, anyways, that's pretty much all I got. So, Nick, I'll let you run run wild here. All right, I'm gonna quickly <clears throat> talk about the Leafs over here, and then we'll get into fantasy corner. Um. So yeah, they won three nothing on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, sorry. Very complete game. I mean, Campbell has been stellar. Other yeah. than, yes, he's let in four goals in his last... No, sorry. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math right now. I think it's four goals in the last five games. Something like that. Ridiculous. Um, he has two shutouts in that span. So, yeah, um, on Tuesday, he got a shutout against Nashville. But, I mean, the team in front of him was unreal. They didn't allow anything. I think uh, the Preds had two breakaways. <laughs> first two minutes and then other than that they didn't have any high scoring uh chances high danger scoring chances 
So very complete game. I don't need to get into depth about that. Um, then against the Rangers on Thursday, Morgan Riley and Jack Campbell single-handedly won us that game. Riley with two goals, Campbell's with one goal against on 28 shots. Um, again, a very complete game. Um, no complaints. I mean, the lack of scoring is a little bit of a complaint for me, but I'll get into that right now. Um, and then, yeah, last night, shutout by Pittsburgh. I mean, they hit two posts. Power play kind of let us down last night. They had four chances of almost a full five on three. Um, they generate a lot of chances, but Jari was playing very well last night. Um, Pittsburgh defensively as well. Aston Reese saved a goal uh, early in the second. Um, yeah, the Leafs just, I guess, you know, you're not going to win them all, and they couldn't really get anything going. Um, so, yeah, that's really it. I mean, they took two, they took four out of six points, so no complaints there. But I just want to get a little bit into the, the structure that the Leafs are playing, at least what I see. Um, I think I guess Keefe as a whole and the coach staff as a whole are kind of changing the, the way they want the Leafs to play. They seem to be playing a lot more defensive hockey. Um, and that's why Eric said, and I keep saying, they're playing boring hockey. But I mean, as Leaf fans, we're not used to this. We're used to running gun yeah. offense. Who gives a shit about defense? Let's win 5-4. Let's win 6-5. It's more entertaining for sure. But I mean, this kind of hockey that they're playing right now is that's playoff hockey. You're winning 2-1, 3-2. You're not winning more than that. Um, uh, I do want to see them score more goals, though, um, because that's a little bit of an issue. I actually looked this morning. They're currently 26th in the league in goals four per game, but they are also – I'll get it for you right now. They are also – where are we here? Sorry, guys. I don't know. I go. Oh, they're actually at the bottom for goals against per game, too, which is pretty shocking because – well, not really. You just finished telling oh, us. Sorry. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're fourth <laughs> in the league in goals against per game. My bad. I was looking at it wrong. Um, so that's what I mean. So they're at the bottom. I guess I don't want to say they gave up some of their offense for defense, but it's just the way they're playing. They're not taking as many chances, um, which I mean, they're winning games. So I can sit here and bash their offense, but they're fucking one ten of the last 12. So who am I to do that? I Like I said, I do want to see them score more. Um, really, other than our core four and like Kerfoot and Riley. No one's really scoring. Um, Bunting has eight points, which isn't too bad. Um, and I want to talk about this really quick, and then I promise we'll go to Fantasy Corner. Um, I just think the Leafs' bottom six, uh, their third line finally has an identity, and that's shutdown. Um, so they're not going to score a lot. They're out there taking their defensive zone face-offs most of the game. Um, I remember on Thursday, nine out of 10 face-offs uh, were in the, own, in the defensive zone. So you're not going to get a lot of goals scoring out of that line. Although Kasha has been playing well. Um, and same with David Kemp. Uh, funny, those two were on the same team when they were kids. So that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we finally have identity for, our, I don't want to say our bottom six, but more our third line. So that's why you're not going to get many goals out of them. Like that's expected. As long as they don't get a goal against, they're doing their job. They're shutting down the top guys. So that's, that's why I would say our offense has kind of dried up this year a bit because number one, we don't have the goal scoring depth we've had in the past, but number two, we finally have a third line that'll actually shut down and go out there and, you know, free up Matthews and Tavares who need to score more in my opinion, because now they're playing against second and third lines. Um, at five on five, at least, because the power play has been pretty well. So, yeah. Um, and then their fourth line, I mean, Simmons, Spezza, um, Bunting, Richie, you name it. That's more of a bang and crash. Like, 
maybe we'll score kind of line. Can we all agree, though, that Richie's just not working? Yeah. Well, I, that's what I want to get to right now, and then I'll kind of shut up. Um, <laughs> I, I like their fourth line, whether it's Richie Bunting with Simmons and Spezza. I love that line. Like, they go out there, they're high energy. I mean, last night, Simmons could have had two goals. Against Rangers, he could have had two goals. Simmons has been playing very well lately, and I think it's coming for him. Um, and who really sends the fourth line out there expecting them to score every night, right? That's not how it works. So it's really up to the big boys right now. That's what they get paid to do. They got to score. Um, I kind of like this identity. Their bottom six has though. It's a, it's a playoff style kind of bottom six. So yeah. Um, just to allude to Eric's point over there, Nick Ritchie, he's, he's getting a chance with Matthews and Marner. I mean, he's playing, he's using his body well, but that's not enough for two and a half million dollars. And, you know, you're, you're using a roster spot. Like, fuck, I'd rather have Kyle Clifford if I need to pay someone to use their body. He skates faster than Richie. He takes less penalties. Like nothing on Richie, but you know, eventually the time's going to come where you need to be scratched. And that kind of segues to my last point here is Josh Hosang. He's freaking tearing it up in the AHL right now. He came ever since coming back from his injury a few weeks ago, last night he scored that nasty out for those of you who've seen it. I know Eric and Thomas have, that nasty overtime winner, his stick handling is just phenomenal. Like yeah. he has 12 points in 12 games with the Marlies. Yep. When's, when's the time going to come where, you know, Dubas says, let me put pen to paper. Let me sign this guy to an NHL deal. Let's get him up here. Because the Leafs have Ilya Mikheyev, I would say two weeks maximum away from returning. And in my opinion, he's going to take out Engball because they're very similar players, except Mikheyev slightly better. So there's your shutdown line of camp. Uh, cash on Mikheyev, so nothing's changing there. But, you know, get in a guy like Hosang right now where you still can because if you're planning on scratching Engvall, let's say, for Mikheyev anyways, I mean, I don't know what keeps thinking. Why not scratch him a little bit early, you know, for... Maybe, uh, maybe that's where you're right. Maybe when Mikheyev comes back and Engvall gets scratched, maybe Engvall goes on the out, a trade, something, because he's worth yeah, but, a little more I'm and saying, you sign Hosang. You're not going to get Hosang in there, though, still. Because Mikheyev deserves a spot over Hosang right now. Well, no, I'm just saying maybe it's a cap thing. Maybe they're, they're waiting for Mikheyev to come back so they can put scratch Engvall, trade Engvall, sign Hosang to an NHL deal, scratch Richie. I guess, but, I mean, Mirazik's currently on the IR, so you have flexibility. So I don't see why, even for a game, you do it. Um, I, I don't know the numbers, Dubis and Pridham are a wizard at that. So I'm sure they have a plan. I think you're probably right. In my opinion, in the coming weeks, Hosang needs to get a chance in the NHL. This yeah. guy's a workhorse. He loves playing hockey. We, we fell in love with him in the preseason. Um, just his attitude. and he's Would have been awesome, eh, if they got him in today against the Islanders, his former team. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> I would love to see him in the top six with Nylander and Tavares or – yeah, I would love to see him with Nylander and Tavares, and I don't care who you put with. Maybe put Kerfoot with Matthews and Marner. That's a fucking gross top six. Shout out to Alex Kerfoot, who's really playing well lately. Um, as much yeah. as shit talk him. He doesn't shoot, which is freaking hilarious. Um, last night he held the puck for a while um, on a break. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think Hosang will get a chance. That's kind of what I want to talk about is at least bottom six identity and Josh Hosang. But, yeah, I think one of Richie or Engvall should be scratched coming up, uh, maybe when they return back home next week. And, actually, no, they're on the California road trip. Oh, damn, next week. Late games for the Leafs. Um, Jeez, maybe I'll be able to actually catch them all then. You will, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see if Hosang gets a chance, if not next week, the week after. But I think it's imminent. And I think one of Richie or Engvall will be the one out. 
So we'll see. Uh, let's move into Fantasy Corner and wrap this up, boys. All right. Well, like next time, moving on to Fantasy Corner, which I hope is everyone's favorite segment because it's mine. Um, for the risers this week, so those are for people that had a good week. Um, I'll lead it off with Jared McCann. He missed some time, um, about two weeks to COVID protocol. And uh, he came back and he's got three goals in four games since coming back from the COVID list. So he's somebody that I would uh, keep my eye on, maybe acquire if he's a free agent. I know he's not owned by a crazy amount of people, so he's probably available in some pools right now. Um, my next pick is Dylan Larkin. Um, he's got five goals and two assists in five games. Um, he's been in and out of missing games and injuries this season. He hasn't missed much time per se, but just a couple games here and there. But this last week, he's been awesome. Um, really leading the way for Detroit in terms of scoring and all that stuff. Um, and Detroit's looking sharp. I mean, you know, nothing much to really say about him. But um, yeah, if I were you, I'd, I'd be looking to, uh, to grab either Larkin or McCann. I guess I'll, uh, I'll pass the torch on to Nick. Yeah, so um, I will talk about a few guys here. First one, Elias Samsonov. Um, he had two starts this week and two shutouts. Uh, I'm fucking happy because I don't understand why, but he's been in the doghouse all year. The man has a fucking seven and one record, a six and one record, and they keep on starting Vanacek over him. Now I'm not a Caps fan, so I don't watch the Caps closely, but I never really understood. And I mean, there's no way you don't play him now after getting two back-to-back shutouts. So I'm really happy about that. I got him in our pool. So Ilya Samsonov, if he's somehow available or you have him, congratulations. Holding on to him paid off because I know quite a few people gave up on him. And, uh, yeah, if he's available somehow in your pool, Adam. Um, another riser, Nazem Kadri. It's on an eight-game point streak. I love Nazem Kadri. Let me emphasize that. One of my favorite leaps of all time. I've also met him a few times. Anyways, he has four goals and 11 assists in that span. This week, I know he had a hot week. I mean, he's really taking advantage of McKinnon being out. He's playing, uh, you know, He's on the second line, but he's playing first line minutes and he's also on the first power play. So good for him. I love to see him succeed. If the Leafs don't win a cup, I want him to win a cup and plus Colorado. Um, so I'm talking about this season. Um, so yeah, Nazem Kadri. Um, I know Thomas has a few guys here, um, but I will talk about one more and that's Tristan Jari, similar to Ilya Samsonov. Two shutouts in his last two games. Another guy worth looking at. He's definitely the number one in Pittsburgh, so I don't think he's available in many pools, but if you have him, good for you. Hopefully, you know, the Penguins and he continues his good play. And Thomas, you can wrap us up. Yeah, so continuing with the risers, I'm going to go with Garnet Hathaway. Um, he's not owned a lot. It's 21%. It jumped, from, it jumped up to 90, 19% this week. He's only had two goals this week. However... 26 hits in three games. Um, I, I think the game, yeah. the LA game, he had like <clears throat> nine or 12 minutes of nine ice time. Yeah, and he delivered like six hits in nine minutes of ice time or something insane. I guess 
he only focuses on hitting. But if you're uh, in a bankers league or if you're in a cats league that needs hits, I think Garnet Hathaway is a solid pickup uh, and a solid streamer option. So my second riser this week is Zach Wierenski, who uh, I think Columbus looks strong this week. They won two out of three, and he was a big part of it. He got two goals, three assists, um, and five, five or six block shots, or seven block shots, actually. So, um, yeah, I think Wierenski's a solid defenseman. He's owned 89%, so just hold him. No point in dropping him. And... Uh, if hopefully Lina comes back, and I think Wierenski's production will also increase with that. And then my final uh, riser for this week, who I don't think he had a great game yesterday, is uh, Pavel Buchnevich. He's had four assists in four games. Um, and St. Louis has a whole, St. Louis is really scoring a lot of goals and playing well, as they usually do. So I think holding Pavel Buchnevich is a good option uh, and just keeping him and seeing how he does. There's no point in dropping a player like him. Uh, especially if he continues this week. Uh, that's it for the risers for me. All right. Uh, moving on to our fallers, the people who didn't have a good week at all. Um, Nick, I'll let you uh, lead this one off. All righty. Uh, let me just pull up his numbers here because I don't want to say something wrong. But my first one is Jean-Gabriel Pajot. I think I mentioned him a few weeks ago, but... He continues to do nothing, and I know Eric, you own him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he one of my no brightest fantasy moments. Six games, he has no points. And, I mean, he's hitting, like, an average of three hits per game, but that's, what's that going to do for you? He's not even blocking like he usually does. Um, he's not even getting that much ice time. Like, I don't know, really know what's going on with him. Uh, yeah, his ice time's very inconsistent. 12 minutes one night, 14 another, 21 another, 18 another, like – what's going on over there um the Islanders have never been a high scoring team but yeah I don't know I mean he might be worth someone dropping especially if you're not in a deep league pick up one of these risers or sleepers and drop casual honestly and then my next one who's a guy you're not going to drop but definitely a faller Elias Pedersen one assist in his last five games yeah Vancouver as a whole is playing like that um but Fuck, he's on power play two now, which doesn't really make sense to me, but whatever. He is a guy who will eventually find his way. I mean, he just signed a big contract. I think he's kind of like Nylander, where Nylander had a shit year after signing that contract, and then he, you know, absolutely excelled since then. Pedersen is a player capable of that, if not more. Definitely more, actually. Pedersen's a very good player. Um Hopefully he finds his way because I have him as a keeper in my keepers league. But um, yeah, for you Pedersen owners out there, depending on how early you took him, hopefully he turns it around. But yeah, those are my two sleep uh, fallers. Sorry. All right. Uh, Thomas? Yeah, so I'll go with mine. And uh, I guess we're with a lot of goalies this week in fantasy. So I'm going to go with Philip Grubauer, who in every like, preseason average draft position ranking Grubauer was way too high um and if you looked at the advanced stats you can just tell that he's not a solid goalie that he was last year because of the team he was playing but I think if you have if you have Grubauer right now you're just in such a bad position his last four games he's led 
last game against Colorado, he let in six goals on uh, with 11 saves. And each game since, he's let in three-plus goals. I just think there is no value in holding Grubauer, even if you're in a deep league. Seattle's not going to win many games, and Grubauer's just not looking like the goalie everybody thought he was. Yeah. That's it for me. And to end off the fallers, I'm going to put Pooley Garvey, and you guys are all going to be like, what? He plays with McDavid. Well, I agree. Last, yeah, last four games, no points. He's kind of uh, just there right now. Um, not exactly performing too well. But, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if I had to you know put money on it, I'm sure he's going to turn it around. But as of last week, not exactly the greatest of weeks for Pooley Garvey. Um, and that's pretty much all for the fallers. So we'll move on to the sleepers category, which is pretty much people who are not owned in a lot of leagues but are still doing well. Nick? Do you want me to start again? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I got to get my stats again. I'm not used to going first. I mean, if we're being honest, you you filled this list mostly yourself. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have the stats. Well, okay, so my first one is Cole Sillinger. Um, I've mentioned him one in, in some of the first weeks. I mean, he didn't have the greatest. We get two assists in four games, but I just think he's getting a lot of responsibility in Columbus. He's playing the second line. Well, actually, no, oh, yeah, Moon Jenner's first line. Second line center, first power play. Um, he had a crappy last two games, minus two and no points. So, I mean, maybe it's like borderline making this list, but I still think he's a sleeper. I still think he's someone to add to your watch list. Maybe not add right now, but add to your watch list. As Thomas mentioned, Columbus is scoring more goals now. So we'll see how Selinger does in this upcoming week. But yeah, someone I want you guys to keep on your radar. Um, another guy I have here is Trevor Zegris. Four goals and one assist this week. Freaking playing phenomenal. I mean, the whole Ducks team is playing phenomenal. But Trevor yeah. man, that kid's special. He's going to be really good. Um, yeah, uh, I think he's owned. I'll check right now in Yahoo Pools. Zegers is owned in 40% of pools, so if you can get your hands on him, definitely do. Um, yeah, he's he has all the opportunity in the world on that team, and he's a very great talent. So I think he'll keep this up, so definitely add him, especially with the way they're playing right now, Anaheim. And then my last guy who I have here is Seth Jarvis. Oh, I literally added him last night after I saw how he played because I watched that Carolina game. He's playing with Aho and Svechnikov on that top line. He has three goals in his last three games. He's playing on the second power play, I think. Um, still getting power play time. Definitely not going back to junior. So I think he's staying with Carolina for the year. He outplayed guys like Lorenz and stuff. Um, but yeah, definitely worth someone adding. I think he's, he's only in 3% of pool. So please, 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 if you can, add him. He is, he's playing against San Jose, Seattle, and Philly this week. Pretty favorable matchups. And like I said, he is playing with Al and Spechnikov. So some great opportunity there. Um, it's probably my favorite sleeper of this list for this week. Um, I'll let Eric and Thomas take it over from here. Thomas? Yeah, so yeah, I got it. So I so I guess I'll continue with the goalie theme and someone who I think right now you should immediately pick up is Stuart Skinner. Just because, as Nick mentioned earlier, 
<laughs> Nick mentioned earlier that um, Koskinen was really rough this year or had a rough week. And Stuart Skinner has come back and played the game against Winnipeg and Chicago and won both games with a high shock, a high save count and only three goals allowed. And uh, Edmonton always wins games too. It's always good to have an Edmonton goalie in fantasy. So I think right now, if Stuart Skinner is available, I think you should take him. And whoever has Koskinen, you just take that victory and hold it above them. So uh, another riser this week, I'll go with Connor Sherry, who uh, started off the week slow, however, is now, or yesterday, scored the game-winning goal and uh, the 4-0 win, as well as added another one later on in the game. And the thing with Connor Sherry is he's also now playing on power play one with, uh, you know, the OV power play. So he's going to get opportunity there, of course. So I think Connor Sherry is just another good streamer option. He's only 3% owned, so I'm sure anyone can and will be available. Or if I'm sure anyone will be able to grab him off the uh, waiver list. And then my final uh, sleeper is Frank Vetrano, who I guess this guy always has like a solidly quiet, good <laughs> week. Like you just don't hear his name often. But then yesterday, the uh, win against Minnesota, he's had two goals, one assist. He was a plus two. He delivered two hits, two blocks. I think that's just, if you're in a league with a lot of stats and perifer- look, looks at peripherals, I think Petrano is a solid option too. He had the game against the Islanders. He scored another goal, uh, especially with who knows how long Bark comes out. So Petrano's going to get more opportunity there. So I think Petrano is another good one. If you can stream him this week, especially since they have the uh, back-to-back on the 26th and 27th. So it'll be a good option to have uh, Vitrano streaming on your team. All yeah. right. I'll, I can wrap us up really quick. Thomas, did you mention Behavari? I didn't hear you. No, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. So. <laughs> well, he has one goal, two assists, nine hits in three games. Um, he's getting a lot of ice time with Washington. So in a banger league, definitely worth someone adding. Because um, not only does he get hits and blocks, but he's also getting points somehow. So he's more of a defensive defenseman, but he's playing well. And then the last one to wrap up this segment is SL Lindell. I've talked crap about him, I think, multiple times in this podcast because he had a very slow start to the year. I actually dropped him in my pool. I'm debating picking him up again because he's still available. Um, Yeah, he has four assists and nine blocks this week. So definitely picking back up where he left off last season. Um, yeah, so if he's available, might be worth adding. They play quite a bit. I know Dallas plays on the off nights this week, so something worth uh, watching. And I want to mention for all you fantasy um, owners out there that there's no games on Thursday. So prepare for that. Um, yeah, so that's it for Fantasy Corner, guys. There's Eric, no games on Thursday? Yeah, no NHL games on Thursday, which is so weird. Wow. So this that's Fantasy Week is uh, cut. By one day. Damn, who am I playing next week? <laughs> that, that means a lot to me. Who am I playing? Tuesday. Ah, I should be all right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I guess that uh that concludes what is this episode seven? Yep. Episode seven of the No Pucks Given podcast. As we do every week, I like to uh I like to thank everyone for making it to the end of this podcast. If you did, 
and for following along as closely as you you have been. So it means a lot to us. Leave feedback and all that stuff. We appreciate it all. Um, I mean, that's it from you guys. Do you have anything else to say? No, just, well, let us know if you want us to talk about anything else because, you know, we're approaching episode eight, so we can definitely do some kind of segments because especially at this time during the season, as you know, you know, news is kind of dried up. So if you guys have any ideas, um, we'll, we'll be happy to consider them. So let us know. Thanks for listening, obviously. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. Take Thank care, you. everyone. See you next week.